Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Alberta and COVID, one year later on Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Revenue in the NHL is still a priority more than the, any other sports league in North America. Uh, so what I would expect is it, in those jurisdictions uh, where there is no mandate for venues to be closed or for gatherings of a thousand that can still occur, I expect that those games will still be able to be played with full capacity. And, and either that or by the end of the weekend, the other option is if there's enough teams, say seven or eight teams now that are going to play in front of empty arenas that they contemplate delaying the season for two to three weeks. That was John Shannon during the intermission of our last regular season game during the 1920 season, Edmonton and the Winnipeg Jets, a game that the Jets won 4-2, and we saw quickly how things changed. So we are, uh, it is the one-year anniversary. I do want to read a text here. Uh, we talked a bit about the situation with COVID and whether or not, uh, you know, 15 years from now, how do we end up looking at this? This text comes in from Mike. He says, Stoffer, 15 years from now, we'll be wearing bubble suits to avoid the 20th wave of the 20th variant. You can't stop a virus, says Mike. We need to accept that we have to just live with it. Let's open the stadiums to everybody who's willing to take the risk. We can't be so afraid of dying that we refuse to live. That one comes to us from Mike. Mike, I would suggest to you that the uh, majority of the listeners to the show don't necessarily uh, hold uh, your point of view on that issue. But that is uh, the beauty of having an open forum. Again, I can't get to all the texts. We'll have more coming up in the Ashley Fine Floors text line. It is a Tuesday. That means Sportsnet spec. Mark Spector for the horses and horse racing in Alberta. Our province's horse racing and breeding industry has introduced new safety protocols with thorough vet checks, stricter rules, and tougher penalties. Employing Albertans caring for our horses, horse racing in Alberta. Mark Spector, I remember... On the third, on the uh, day we got shut down, uh, you and me were talking uh, just before I went upstairs, and you said, "Bobby, this might be it for a while." Uh, I don't, I don't, I don't think you or me uh, or anybody could have possibly imagined what the next calendar year was going to be like, Mark. No, we, you know, this is, it's such an education and, and it's almost, although I get why you, know, you use a John Shannon quote, because it really told us how we thought then, uh, I feel for John because we all were asked to have opinions back yeah. on March 12th. You know, what do you think is going to happen, John? What do you think is going to happen, Bob? And we all 
said what we thought was going to happen. And looking back now, none of us had a hot clue what was going to happen. Let's face it, nor did anyone else. So uh, it's been an education. I, you know, none of us have lived through the Spanish flu. Uh, and this is something we just we've learned as we've gone along, right? Yeah, absolutely. And it's, I mean, it's no pun intended. It's been a game changer. I mean, even the scientists are learning on a daily basis. I mean, yeah, we had, yeah. we had, yeah. we, had <laughs> we had guys that were experts in terms of prognosticating how the, the virus would spread and what was the worst case scenario. And one of the guys that was doing that ended up uh, getting caught having an affair and, and breaking the very rules that he had suggested needed to be put in place. So it's been a while. I mean, Mark, I have, I've read endlessly on this topic and it, it is, it is, you know, in terms of getting information, it's out there. There's lots of different perspectives to have. Uh, the World Health Organization at times has uh, uh, kind of changed some things around. And, and then you have the, the whole PCR and what qualifies as, as a, 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 you have false positives that have shut, like, guess, a Pugliarvi and City Crosby have both had uh, well, Pugliarvi had a false positive and ended up testing negative a bunch of times. You have guys that are shut down because of close contacts. I mean, it's completely changed, and it's changed what you do on a day-to-day basis. And I'm serious about this. Do you think at some point here in the next calendar year, do you think the dressing rooms will be back open so you can do a different type of interview? Because right now there's a controlled relationship with how those Zoom calls work. And the days of having an honest one-on-one conversation off the record with a guy in terms of a player, those days are over right now. Yeah, let's hope they're not over for good. You know, there's no... Listen, uh, this can relate to uh, everybody out there, journalists or not, can relate to, to you know, how well you know people that you meet today when you can't go to their house, you can't sit down over a cold beer, you don't visit from close, you, you, you know, you don't get a chance to spend a lot of time together in private. It's, it's just a different world. And as a journalist, like, we're all about making contacts and gaining people's trust and having conversations. And maybe a guy tells me something off the record, and then a few days later he realizes, okay, you know what, it was off the record, and I didn't know this guy before, but now I can trust him. And the next time I walk in there and we talk, he talks to me a little bit more freely because he knows I'm a good guy and he can be, I can be trusted. And those are the, all the little dynamics of being a journalist – that in the end, the, the the fruit of all of that labor, Bob, is really way better stories. You know, stories about guys and their lives and who they are and what they're going through. And, you know, I've been hearing on your show and on everyone's show about Ethan Bear maybe not being in shape when camp started this year. Well, I'll tell you right now, if I could be in the dressing room all year, A, I'd know if it's true, and B, I'd know exactly why it's true. I don't think I. I don't think I've specifically ever said that he wasn't in shape. I said he's lacked the quickness that he had last year, and that's apparent when you watch him play. Like it's. I agree. Hey, I agree. I agree. He's not the same player. But my point is, Bob, I'd know why. Right? Whether it's shape or this or that. If I was in that room every day this year. It'd be reported by now. We'd know why. Well, I'll give you another one. Clefbaum, the injury situation with Clefbaum in the bubble. Because we did not have right. access, to, and, and I've stated the listeners know this. I said Oscar Clefbaum was a creature of habit in terms of his availability. He was one of those guys like Adam Larson that was around when they came off the ice after a morning skate, after a practice. You you know they and and you know what when Clefbaum was getting treatment, you knew it because he wasn't around and you knew something was up. So I never knew the extent of the challenges that Clefbaum or uh, Larson were going through when they returned here. So 
And, and there's another thing I'd like to hit on here, just in terms of how the business has changed, how hockey's changed. And this is Emily Kaplan, who is a rising star spec, as you know, at ESPN. Yep. And, oh, she's, well. and she's going to have a real opportunity. And it's I think it's great for the NHL that ESPN's uh, going to be, uh, you know, the, the, the major network in the States again. Because when you're down there, Mark, you know this. It's ESPN's number one and everybody else's number two. But Emily Kaplan wrote a piece about what the players were going through. And I, I know for a lot of our listeners, they too have had some challenges in their lives and they look at the players and think, well, they make a hell of a lot of money doing what they're doing, but this is a different world. And these guys, I, I do think you can have empathy and you don't have to look at every situation spec with schadenfreude, you know what I mean, and, and wish ill upon the successful. I think a lot of us can recognize, like, it is not like it has been for those players in terms of it is, you know, airplane. They, they don't, you know, I used to be on those uh, trips with Jack. I don't, we hope one day we'll end up on those flights again, but, but it's a very different experience. They don't have the same experience traveling. They're, they're, they're basically plane, bus, hotel, game. That's it. Uh, you know, some of the guys well, are remote, you know, it's a different, and I know there's lots of people out there in everyday society that are hurting for certain, but I also think the dynamic is completely, and I, I worry about mental health. I, I mean that in all sincerity. I, I worry about that with, with some with some of it, and when I hear a guy like Nick Foligno be quoted on it, I think you have to take it seriously. You know what I'm saying, Mark? Oh, listen, it's so true. Like, uh, I think that everybody shares in this, Bob. We're all trying to function. Those, you know, a lot of people have lost their jobs, and that's a whole new ball game here. Right. Yep. But, you know, people lucky enough to be going to work every day, we're all just trying to function and get through and, and all these things. But what's stripped away is the fun. The owners are still traveling around to all these cities and playing hockey, but they're not having any fun. You know, you and me are still going to the actual hockey game at the arena and watching it, but there's no fans there. There's not much media. There's no visiting guys. There's no pregame. We're doing it. It's just not as much fun. My my son is working for a place where normally he's an accountant, and he would normally have a building full of people, and he'd be meeting people. And going for a, he's working out of his house. He's living out of his house. He's getting the job done, but he's not having any fun, man. This, this COVID thing, the common theme is, you know, there's no fun. It's taken away all our fun, and I get it. We can do without fun for a while, but it's been a year now, Bob, and you know what? Mental health is an issue. People are, we're creatures of, we're social creatures. You know, I miss meeting the boys for a pint. Believe me, so does everybody else. And yeah, there are social issues there. And when you live in a little condo, like a lot of people do, and you work out of that condo all day, and you have to stay in it all night, and there's maybe you walk your dog. I'll tell you what, it gets those four walls. They start closing in on you, I would think. And you're getting stuff shoved down your throat or shoved up your nose to get tested on a daily basis, Mark. Uh, As the players are, that's true. Far more know, than the rest of us. Yep. And I and I never knew this about accountants. And uh, I'm going to hear it from Ron Heck. I never knew how much fun accountants had. Who knew? <laughs> 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 uh, oh man all right well when we get back we're gonna talk about the fun stuff and that is the battle of alberta the game last night the lesson uh were there some lessons for the owners there uh mark specter joining us sportsnet spec for the horses and horse racing alberta will tell you that guests and owners now receive gift certificates to roost chris steakhouse whether you're celebrating a special moment or simply saving a night on the town every meal is an occasion at roost chris steakhouse it's 12 45 in edmonton back with Sportsnet's back after this. Alberta and COVID 
one year later on Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Swinging around the boards, the net is empty. Six on five, sees it on the line. McDavid out to the point. Waiting is Chris Russell. Five on five. Wrist shot, McDavid, save made. Archibald with control of the puck, top of the right circle. He'll drop it for Chris Russell against Brandon Saad. Now to Neal. Little give and go. Russell on his backhand. Nurse's shot, save Crawford. 15 seconds. Kampf can't ice it. Neal back to the point. Shot McDavid. Deflected in the air. Kampf looking to clear. What a play by Nurse. He stole the puck. Got it back. Fired. Wide. Rebound loose to break it. At the horn is able to clear. And Chicago's won the series. Corey Crawford and the Chicago Blackhawks have become the second 12 seed to upset a five. And Edmonton, the only team that was going to have home ice advantage had the season been played to its completion, is out. And that was the uh, unfortunate demise to the Oilers' experience in the bottle. Jack Michaels with the call. Uh, I will not relay what I said under my breath as I was watching the conclusion of uh, the Oilers' four-game bubble experience against Chicago. Brew Crew has texted us on the Ashley Fine Floors text line. Bob, here comes some fan mail. I thought your program was must-tune into radio during the beginning of the pandemic. Uh, COVID has been a kicker, but a new horizon is upon us with vaccines coming now. Politics aside in this topic, but I appreciate now more live events. I miss the music, the shows, and of course the games from Brew Crew. Uh, you know what? I think uh, I just I looked to uh, Israel and and what's happened there, and I think they've got roughly about half of their. Uh, I think they got a population of about nine million. I think five million, five and a half million people. I think have already received vaccines. Over four million have received two shots, and they're kind of back up and at them, and they're getting after it. And I think people are going to get back up and after it. Mark Spector joins us again. Throughout the course of the day here on Chorus and 630 Chad, uh, we'll be discussing the one-year anniversary of the pandemic. So I fully expect us to get back up and after it, Spec. Uh, and they got up and after it last night, the Battle of Alberta. And are the Calgary Flames a different team under Daryl Sutter from what you can see? Uh, there's no doubt, right? It's, you know, there's a couple things here. Every team gets a boost when they get a new coach. We all get that. You know, we don't want to point that out anymore. But the way they're playing, right, it's, it's very Sutter-esque. It's 20 guys that are focused heavily on, on defending and backtracking and, and you know, making the right play and listen, they didn't make that many mistakes last night you know though it was the difference to me bob in the game was as big tip dave tippet said you know a few of calgary's goals were sort of direct responses to edmonton's mistake like edmonton makes a mistake and within eight seconds it's in the net and edmonton had to work harder for their goals they didn't get goals just because calgary made mistakes edmonton had to really work for the goals and that's how you win, right? That's how you win. As you make the other team, the other team's going to score on you, Bob. But you got to make them work for them. And if you if you make it easy, and the Oilers made a couple goals pretty easy last night, uh, that's how you lose. Well, I mean, one of the three Oilers goals they got yesterday was a combination of two world class talents. I mean, that three three goal. I don't know if I don't know if Calgary has two. With all due respect, and I know Goodrow had a ninety nine point season. But that is a play that the two top scorers in the league over the last two years can make. Yeah. You know, like, great I mean, that, it was just a great play. So, so answer me this. Are you concerned? Uh, I mean, and, you know, Brian Burke uses, used to use the term, uh, for all of you, uh, 
politically correct type virtue signalers. You might not want to hear this term. It was Brian's term, dead cat bounce. Every coaching change has a dead, you know, it bounces back up a little bit. Uh, I, I, I don't know if that's what's going on. It was Brian's term from when he used to do the show for Friends of Canadian Power Pack. Um, but is there something legit about Daryl Sutter? I mean, is it too early to tell? 62 years of age, they're 3-0 and to start uh, under his guys. Clearly, they're playing differently and more committed. Can this sustain itself, do you think, Mark? Well, the thing, the job of a coach is to get each player maximized, right? Maximize each player. And that's what Daryl's strength is. You know, this isn't as much a major system change in Calgary as he gives, puts guys in roles where he, you know, and convinces them that they can succeed. And when they start to succeed, they start to get confidence. And when you start to get confidence, you start to believe in the system, and it's a cyclical thing. So right now, you know, he's got uh, that third line with Backlund, Lucic, and Japani uh, is a deadly third line. I think it's a really good third line. Uh, and he's got everybody sort of playing. He's got Richie up playing with Monahan and Goodrow, and he's, you know, <laughs> doing exactly what he's supposed to be doing, kind of like the way Yamamoto does with Dreisaitl. And, uh, you know, yeah, it, it, I'm not saying eventually the rose is going to, you know, the, the aura is going to wear off on some of these guys. They're going to turn back into the guys they were for Jeff Ward. Not every one of these players is going to take Daryl Sutter's magic and withhold it for the next half a season. It's going to wear off on some of these guys, and that's when that's when the real coaching is going to have to start. Um, this is where I mentioned Ken Hitchcock came in here, older coach with the Oilers, uh, after Edmonton had basically a 500 start under Todd McClellan back at the start of the 18-19 season, and Hitch started 9-3-2. and Edmonton got some injuries on the defense, uh, and it spiraled and, and went downhill, despite having two of the top four scorers in the league. Calgary's team is completely healthy. Now, they have a big physical team, and that's the type of hockey Sutter likes to play. Are you concerned about how the Oilers match up physically against Calgary? Uh, I wouldn't say I'm concerned about it. I wouldn't say that, uh, that that I think that they're completely overmatched. Certainly they've got more. I think their depth guys, well, Manjipani is not a big player. Uh, their, their bottom six has got some heft to it. I don't, you know what, Bob? I'm not. I don't feel like, oh boy, they're going to win because they're going to push you out of the rink every night. I don't know if you can win that way anymore. I'm not saying you want to be light, but I think you need skill. And in the end, my, you know, Calgary's got an okay team. I think they lack in skill, frankly. And I think that you know, there. I don't know this second line right now with Monahan and Goodrow and Richie. Uh, I think there's a false floor there. I thought Goodrow was horrible last night, frankly. And Monaghan was okay. And the kid, Richie, he's trying hard and he's a nice player, but I think he's a depth guy that's probably five, six, eight games into this run is going to start to look like a depth guy again. So, no, Bob, I'm not. If you're asking me if I think Calgary's a much better team all of a sudden, they're not a much better team all of a sudden. Yeah, Richie's 27 now. I mean, he's he's a journey, he's almost a journeyman at this stage, Spec. He's got right. Dallas, Dallas. He's not Boston. a top six player. No, but he could be a useful bottom six guy. I mean, Calgary can lean on you. There's no question up front. Uh, and again, they've got a completely healthy roster. They got themselves a good goaltender. They got a coach that's committed. I got to find the text spec. I got a text from somebody today that was calling me a fanboy. Uh, 
<laughs> of the Calgary Flames because oh, I said well I said yesterday I said I'm not Mark you know this how we probably discussed this over the years we've been doing shows on and off since 2003 so that's 18 years you know I hate belittling other markets you know what I mean I want Calgary to have a good team I want Edmonton to be better. I want the Oilers to beat Calgary when they'll play them. But I'm not a guy that's sitting there saying Calgary sucks on the air. That's not my shtick. So right. apparently, apparently that makes the guy. I respect Calgary. I think they, you know, they're. I think they're going to be in the mix. The Oilers, the Oilers, Calgary. To be honest with you, I think Winnipeg and Toronto are on another level, and and then I think Edmonton, Montreal, and Calgary are going to be battling it out. I don't think Vancouver can get back into it. Uh, what about you? No, I think you say it well. I mean, you know, having said that, I think at Edmonton, there's some games in hand that's the issue for the Oilers. They've played a couple more. But they're going to get their cracks at Winnipeg here coming right up. And they got two left with Toronto. So I'm not giving it away, but I see what you're saying. I think the two teams for me that I'm putting in the playoffs right now are Toronto and Winnipeg. And I think it's probably a, a pretty good bet, Bob, that out of Calgary, Montreal, and Edmonton, one of them doesn't make it. You know, those are the three that are fighting for the two spots. But I think it's a better world when Calgary's good. You know, Edmonton and Calgary, good. Maybe they'll meet in the playoffs one of these years. It's been a long time, Bobby, since we had it's a real a, battle of Alberta in the playoffs. It's only been 30 years, Speck. The Fizzler, I haven't heard from him for a while. Uh, Texas show to say, for what it's worth, Bob, I think guys like you and Specter have done a great job of broadcasting through the pandemic. Um uh, Thank you very much. Uh, Randy, Texas show to say, Stoff, on one of your 86 phone chats with Tippett, jeez, 86, uh, please uh, uh, suggest he, please ask McDavid if he's okay playing with Dry Settle and Cahoon or Cassian if, if, if healthy, thus allowing uh, Yamamoto, Poliarvi, and Nugent Hopkins to form the second line. I understand that you would be playing two lefties on one line and two righties on the other. That one comes to us from Randy. Uh, we are going to talk, Mark. I'm going to get you to uh, put on your thinking cap for 105. We're going to talk about uh, a couple players when we come back. And those players are Ryan Nugent Hopkins and... Uh, Adam Larson, and you can figure out why we'd be talking about those guys. Uh, just before we go to break here, I want to take care of a little bit of business time now for the Oilers Now Injury Report, brought to you daily by James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. A reminder that for every goal the Edmonton Oilers score this season, James H. Brown will donate $100 to 630 Chad Santa's Anonymous. One of these years, I'll be able to pronounce that word, anonymous. Uh, when accidents happen, please go to jameshbrown.com. So, uh, no update as of yet. Uh, last night after the game, uh, sort of a day-to-day type thing from Dave Tippett regarding both Tyson Berry and Jujar Kara. Um, I'd be a little surprised if we saw Kara maybe play before Saturday after taking that shot from Richie in the fight. Uh, and with Tyson Berry, the Oilers have an, o- an obvious option, uh, and that option name is Evan Bouchard, though he would have to be activated off the taxi squad. Zach Cassian, close to a return, but hasn't been cleared yet. Could play by this weekend, I would suggest you, and certainly the Oilers could use his speed and physicality. Uh, up front, uh, Kyle Turris, uh, my guess is, would be closing in on a potential return. Uh, if he theoretically uh, was involved in a close contact situation with COVID as per league protocol, he would have to pass uh, have four tests where he tested negative 
and then uh, be able to return and uh, rejoin the team at that time. That might very well happen today down in Calgary. The Oilers practice at 2 o'clock, but he would uh, probably need a couple practices to get back up and running. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. Back with Mark Spector and Brent Sutter in the next half hour of Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.